I know you're all looking for Pierre, and I'm glad you are. But somebody uh, know that Pierre is going to start a um, second job, which we all encourage him to do at Dallas Seminary. So a friend of his decided that he wanted to pay for Pierre and Monica to have a vacation before that. So Pierre is uh, hanging out. So he is, uh, pray for him, he was stuck at an airport until about 1 o'clock, this mo- or 12 o'clock this morning. I didn't get into Florida until 2.30 this morning. So I don't even know if he's up looking at us right now. But he's in Florida, so I don't know if he's even thinking about us right now, especially with Monica next to him. But uh, I thought that was a great uh, tribute of a friend to say, hey, man, you're going to be doing two things, and if I know you, you work hard. So before you start doing two things, let me give you a week of rest. So that's awesome. Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis. We are going to continue this series of messages on legacy dealing with relationships so that they don't end, that they continue. Relationships shouldn't end. God and Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit had a relationship that has gone through eternity, and that relationship fell out only one time at the cross. When Christ took on sin, God turned his back. That was the only time. So relationships should not fall apart. They should get better. And the series switches next week to the same series, but a sub-series, which is going to be called Detox. How do you have relationships that can be detoxed? Uh, if you're going to have continual relationships, how you detox the ones that are toxic? Okay? What does God say about those? So let's stand and read Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 21, and we're going to look at verse 8, verse, uh, verse 9. Yeah, verse 8 wouldn't hurt you. Uh, verse 8, and we'll work our way to verse 14. He says this, For the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. Now Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, mucking. Therefore she said to Abraham, Drive out this maid and her son, for the son of this maid shall not be an heir of my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not be distressed because the lad and your maid, whatever Sarah says to tell you, tells you, listen to her. For through Isaac your descendants shall be named. And of the son of the maid, I will make a great nation also because he is your descendant. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar, putting them on her shoulder and gave her the boy and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about the wilderness of Bethsheba. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you to God you don't minister. You don't take out the negatives and positives of relationships in the scriptures. You give them us to us all. You tell us all about it. Tell us the weaknesses, the strengths, the failures, the success. You give it all. God, help us to learn from it so that we grow through it and we're bettered by it. We pray this, God, 
In the name of Jesus, to Christ we ask. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. There are many people in my life that I have run past that, you know, you could look at them and you could say, there's no way they're going to make it. They got tons of kids. They're single. Uh, they're different baby daddies and uh, situations in their lives, and there's just not going to be possible for them to make it with the kind of income they make. But to my surprise, that's not how the story ended. That's not how the story ended in terms of all the positive things that have taken place and all the positive things that have happened in those people's lives. Because we tend to let the story determine how we're going to function rather than how God is determining we function. We tend to let the negativity of our lives determine the positive things that can happen in our lives. We tend to depend on how the negative vibes that we get and let that determine how we operate and how we function, what kind of success we'll experience, what kind of blessings we would have. We more live from the outside in than the inside out. And as a result of that, the story determines how we function rather than the inside determine how the story ends. And that's what's going on in this story today. You got a woman that is sucked into a situation she didn't even want to be in. She didn't want to be in that situation. She's a woman that was taken, most likely, Hagar was taken when Abraham and Sarah were in Egypt lying. Sarah, when Sarah and Abraham were forced into Egypt, Sarah, a gorgeous woman, she, she knew Pharaoh, he knew Pharaoh likes gorgeous women, so he lied and said she was his sister when she was not his sister. Pharaoh definitely saw, you know, he got all these different people running around where the people come to get the food, and he sees this gorgeous woman, and he says, I'm taking her to Pharaoh, and Sarah says, oh, no, 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 that's, that's not my husband, that's my, that's my uh, brother. So this whole situation developed, and when Pharaoh was sending them out because he realized they lied, he gave him a lot of blessings, and a, most people believe that at that same time he gave him Hagar to be a maid because he's given him more material substance. So since he gave him more material substance, he gave him somebody to help him with that substance. But Hagar ended up becoming the right-hand type of woman to Sarah. Sarah can't have a baby, and God has promised her a child. She, she laughs about it, but God promised her a child. God says, I'm going to give you a child. You think she would believe that? No, she just laughs about it. She doesn't believe it because why? She's 70-something years old. How am I going to have a baby? He's tripping. They're not going to have no baby. So he, he, she... she Laughed at God, took things into her own hand, bring this woman into her husband, only for the woman that's doing her job, taking care of her situation, dragged her into this, and now she has a baby. It's funny how God does things. You would think God would just block the baby. I mean, for instance, he's not had let Sarah have a baby because he wanted everybody to know that he's the one producing this nation. So it's impossible, totally, absolutely impossible for her to have a baby at 75 years of age. Uh, and, that, you know, and, and, and since that's impossible, God started this nation. But God, young Hagar, you know, it's not like Abraham had to be talked in to go sleep with her. The Bible says, she said, here is Hagar. Let's go have and start our nation because God is dragging his feet. And Hagar went, and Abraham went to Hagar. It's not like, let me pray about it, let me talk to the Lord, let me go meet with the elders and have a meeting. No, that very same minute, he's gone. So he's, you know, he's been checking her out. But at the end of the day, what we have to do here is people taking things into their own hands, and we got a mess. A lot of times when God doesn't do things for us, that's what we do. We take things into our own hands, because God sometimes seems slow to us. It's not that God is slow, it's that we're slow. 
We have to be ready for what God is going to do. If we're not ready for what God is going to do, God is not going to bring to us what he, we want him to bring to us because we're not ready. Okay, see, if, if God was to bring them this child earlier on, you know, Sarah did it, not God. But God chooses to let it be something where he's doing it, and therefore he wanted to make it such an impossible situation, he let it be 75 years of age before it ever happened. <laughs> but no, they ain't about to wait. And he comes and he tells them several times, I'm going to do this. And everything he said to them come through. So even though everything he's saying to them came through, they still can't believe him because he didn't do it as fast as they wanted. That's the first problem that happens when we mess up the story that God is going to make because we let circumstances determine how we respond rather than God determine how we respond. That's what happens. You see, it's because God takes too long. What God is asking us to do makes no sense. And it's got to make sense. And if it doesn't make sense and God is taking long, we just got to do things. Some women have babies because they're 30-something and this man ain't showed up yet. You know, they've they been waiting on this, this Denzel White. Okay, no, no, Icarus. That, that, that's it. Igris or Nigris. Oh, Igris, that's it. You know, they're they waiting for that to show up. So they got this person they want to see. And he ain't showed up yet. And the ones that showed up ain't got no job. They wanting to come to be with them so they can take care of them. And so they're not interested in that. But God just taking so long so they compromise. They got feelings. They got desires. They start hearing, you know, music playing, candlelight. You know, they're here, you know, you know, back in my day it was earth, wind, and fire, and earth, wind had all the fire, you know, Matt Marvin Gaye in my day, in y'all's day, y'all ain't got no music, I don't know what y'all be saying. <laughs> I don't know what y'all be saying. This, this guy come up next to me in the, in the car the other day, and my car is rattling. You know, Pierre used to put a, since he talked about me all the time, Pierre used to put a speaker in the back of his little eclipse he had, and I drive up in the neighborhood, shirt off, washing his car. In the neighbors, I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. I got a black son after all. I don't know how y'all get feelings out of that. <laughs> you know, I, I could see Marvin Gaye. You know, there's some feelings in there. Earth, wind, and fire. But y'all, oh, man. Y'all got some serious feelings. But, but <laughs> y'all get feelings out of all of that. You know, all this movement goes on. Y'all keep the dude in the apartment too long. Y'all know what the word of God said. Man start kissing you down your neck, all of that stuff, and y'all just, we forget, we, yeah, you lose it. You lose it so fast, baby came. You weren't planning at all. Ain't no planning, no raincoat, no nothing, baby came. Y'all know what I'm talking about. This is a pulpit, so I'm trying to respect that. But you all know what's come, what happened. The baby come, and because he wasn't interested in the child but in you, 
He's not there. Then your parents are looking at you crazy. Well, you did that. You got to handle that. You ever wondered why Hagar never went back to Egypt? She's not going back to Egypt. The reason why she's not going back to Egypt is because if you ever wondered why Joseph is, when his brothers show up at the time when Joseph is there and his brothers and the Egyptians, you see the Egyptians eating on one side of the room, his brothers on one side and Joseph on another side, the Egyptians did not like sheep herders. They said they were nasty because sheep herders were out in the field for days. They didn't take baths because they're out in the fields for days. And then they had to take care of sheep. And they take their clothes sometimes and stick it up in the sheep's nose to keep the gnats from going out. So by the time they get back, they don't necessarily smell good. And the Egyptians were civilized people. And so, matter of fact, they're the descendants, by the way, of Africans. The Egyptians are descendants of Africans. And they were the most civilized nation in the known world. So Africans weren't uncivil, primitive, and all that stuff because a lot of medicine comes out of Egypt. That's where a lot of medicine started that we benefit from today. So we weren't crazy, ignorant, running around doing nothing. Don't let people t make you that about Africa. That's not true about Africa. That is a person's perspective of Africa that is not true. I've been to Africa long years. It's not like that. So she didn't go back home simply because <laughs> her parents would see her sleeping with a shepherd. And therefore the child was below her. Therefore, the child was not somebody she knew her family would accept. So that's why she doesn't go back. So some people can't go back to their family because the mother going to look at you and the parents going to look at you and say, hey, yeah, baby, you knew better. You knew that boy wasn't worth nothing, but you still slept with him. We told you to break up with him, but you didn't listen. So that's your children. And now you're on your own. That's what is happening to Hagar. She's put into a situation. Some people are put into these overwhelming circumstances because of their feelings and their emotions. Got the best of them. Like somebody called me one time and said, Pastor Kennings, how do you maintain yourself? Say, just say buy in the car because you know you can't say buy in the apartment. You know you can't. But how do you keep pure? I said buy in the car. I dropped her off because I know how I was feeling. I didn't bring that feeling into the, into the apartment. I didn't do that. I was a single guy going, working on a master's degree at UT Arlington in Arlington, Texas. And yeah, I had girls show up at my door, knock on the door. I acted like I didn't know nobody. Hey, what's up? And I went outside because if that feeling was flowing, I did not bring them in because I knew that would not happen. So you, when you got a fire, you don't took gas and put it on the fire and go, oh, what happened? You just put gas on the thing. That's gassing right there. That's what I understand about gassing. That's gassing. Y'all be saying, that's gassing. No, that's gassing. You don't gas it. There you go. I remember something. You don't gas it. Some of you gas it. And then you want to know why all of a sudden things erupted. See, some of you are real careful about what you do when you sleep with somebody. When God decided to have a child, nothing could stop it. We weren't planning to have our first son. But like my son, when he said, Dad, we're pregnant. We don't plan to have kids right now. I said, did y'all have a honeymoon? Yes, you were planning. I'll be making you male and female so you'll be fruitful and multiply. You may not be planning, but the first reason for sexual intimacy is for kids, not for enjoyment. Songs of Solomon came later in the Bible. 
In Genesis chapter 1, this was about children. So if God wants to have a child, there's nothing you can do to stop it. Nothing. But he wants that. So even in a bad situation where you think God would say, no baby coming. I could stop a child in Sarah. I could stop a child with Hagar. We ain't going to start a whole lot of nation here. God doesn't. These nations fight each other to today. You see, what you find in here is that the situations were, were, were overwhelming for her. The situation was difficult for her, not just for her, but for Abraham. That's what we're going to find in this text. Why? Because they, you can't bring in the stepchild and have the child born in that marriage and not have tension sometimes. That's what you got. You, you've got a child that a promised child is now born. Isaac is now born. Well, Ishmael is four, 16 years of age. Isaac is just two years of age, but they're brothers. And what Sarah is looking at is two boys fighting, but it looks like the 16-year-old are going to take advantage of his brother. The, 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 the fact when you look at this verse, and he says right here, now Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, mocking. The word mocking literally means going to war. You see, you got to understand what's happening. Isaac, after being weaned, no longer breast uh, milk, no, he's weaned, they have this big celebration because now he's growing up, he's going to be this young boy, and they, they didn't wait till 20-something for you to do something in their day. It could be 14, 15. They, the kid is out learning to hunt and all kinds of stuff. So it's not much years, so they want to move this boy forward because he got to protect the tribe. he got to do all these things. So they're getting ready to do some serious work with this kid, and they have this big celebration, all kinds of music and brought in and food brought in, and everything is about Isaac, not Ishmael. And Ishmael realizes, oh, the promised child is here. All of the inheritance is going to go to him. And Ishmael went to war with Isaac. And Sarah's looking at that. Sarah says, oh, no, it ain't happening in my house. So you got baby mama drama, which happens in many situations when we try to develop family our way because we take sex to be something we enjoy, something we want to make something out of it. You see, we decide, Sarah decided what she's going to use sex for. Abraham decided he ain't going to turn it down. So you have sex being used to achieve purposes that God never designed it for. And so you got a mess on your hand. You got stepchildren fighting one another. You got baby mama drama taking place right smack dab in God's nation. This is happening. This stuff don't just happen on the streets. It happened in the church. It is happening. And the, the man now is put in a bad situation. He's got to listen to his wife and he's got a baby mama sitting at the house. And the wife says, get her out of here. This is what the verse is saying. She says, therefore, said to Abraham, drive her out. The word means, it's not like, let's sit down and put together a plan as to how we work this out. Now, get her out of here right now. That's what she's saying. And in their New Z law, it says, it's literally saying, divorce her. Because the minute you have a child from her, the New Z law says, you can't get rid of the baby mama. You can't do it. But if you divorce her, so when she's saying drive out, doesn't just mean drive out. It means divorce her and get her out of this house. No, don't have this woman calling you. She don't need to be calling our house no more. That's how we do it in our day. When this child over here, I'm going to tell this child what to do. Now, you don't have your baby mama calling this house telling me what to do with a child. Because a child at my house. Hey, I'm saying something. So we got this going on. And we, we got stepchildren and children born to the marriage and 
baby mama sitting out there trying to love on her son. And, and, and we got all of this going on. And we let the story control the results rather than God control the story. So it doesn't end right there. Sarah wants it to end right there. It's done. Get her out of here. You got to do it. You the man. Get it done. I also wonder why women do that. My wife, she in here, okay, that's good. When, when, when things aren't going good, you the head of the house. I've been the head of the house. Why just let me do that? You've been not wanting me to do that. Now things ain't going good, you the head of the house. Fix it. What? Help me, G. Okay, that's not the point today. But when women do that, they, they, tend to, they tend to wait until it's a mess and then they want to hand everything to the husband and go in the room like there's nothing going on. And, they, and then they come out like you fixed it. Like it's got to be fixed in two seconds. You know, it's like it's supposed to be done tomorrow. Like, why is this dragging on? I told you to fix it. Like, if you don't fix it, I got this. Just get out the way. That's the attitude that you have here. So the circumstances are overwhelming, not just for Hagar, who is yet to be approached. This situation is happening between Sarah and, Hagar, and, and, and Sarah and Abraham in their house. Hagar has no knowledge of this happening. She don't know what's coming at her. That's how messed up it is. And this is God's people. Abraham, a man of God, that said yes to Hagar. Not prayed. Sarah that said, God promising this over and over again. No, we, we ain't waiting. We, we need to have a baby. We get no looking at the circumstance, not the promises of God. She made it worse. Look at Abraham. That's what makes us things so twisted today. So twisted today. We always got to believe that we need to handle it. Look, what God is saying to me, I, I'm saying to you today, Trust me, run the race I allow to be set before you. I'm the author and finisher of it. I allowed you to have this kid. I allowed that you slept with this person and this kid came. I could have covered it all up the way you show up at church and everything is wonderful, oh, Jesus. But no, I let it be. <laughs> Something happened. I allowed it. I could have stopped it like I did, Hag I could have, like I did Sarah. I didn't have to let Hagar be born. Every child, watch the word every, is a gift from God. Every child. I could have stopped this, but I didn't. I allowed you to be a mother. I allowed you to be a father. Are you going to let this situation dominate how you relate to me? Or are you going to keep relating to me so I can get the situation to be great? It's a decision you must make. And if you keep letting the situation run you, then the situation never fixed you. Because what ran you the first time to make that situation become what it is, is the circumstances made you make those decisions. So if God in that circumstance don't get our attention enough to say, I'm going to do it this way, then every situation pops up. Another brother pops up. He looks good. We back to square one. Another woman pops up and she's got all the curves. Situation is still the same. Because there's no growth, no development. This casual sex thing brings disease. So now we talk about marriage, but we've got to divulge that we have a disease. Because we took it into our own hands. Like I always say, 
If God wanted casual sex, he wouldn't have put 29 diseases with it. Two people could be married forever, forever and forever and forever, and not have one disease. What does that tell you? <laughs> Think about it, folks. Think about it. God, what do I do with all these passions? Pillows don't work. So some people go to oral sex. We're not doing any kind of thing. We're just playing around. Well, it's still what it is, but it's still entry to the body. So there still could be things passed over. It's quiet in here. I got to be preaching today. Y'all don't ever do that to me. Y'all got to say amen to get me to shut up. You said quiet like that, I'm going to preach harder. I'm the worst person for that, by the way. So these circumstances are there because we haven't dealt with this fundamental feeling that God has given us. And he tells us it's a burning. God don't hide it. I'm serious. Y'all don't know me as a dad, but when my kids came to me and, and I said, son, he said, dad, you know, I'm thinking about we like to date. I didn't say nothing at first because I told him what my rule was. My rule is you can date, but there's got to be 16 after you learn to drive and have a job because I have a date and I don't pay for yours. That, that's as simple as it is. I pay for one date and I show forward that one date. I'm not going to be driving you around with some girl in you in the back seat. That ain't your dad. You the man. You go work a job, get some money. And I was training them to be heads of homes. I was using their passion to train them that way. That's all I was doing. So, Bible said, take them in the way they shall go. But when they came home and they said, Dad, do you know who she is? I said, he said, she. Jesus, I love you. I was excited. He said, she. Let me see who she is, brother. Show me a picture. I didn't have a problem because I knew that God said that's a burning. He said it. Look at 1 Corinthians 7. I don't have problems. The issue is, where do you put the fire? When we have this fire and we are not willing to take care of it, Sarah had a fire for a child. She's going to do it her way. And when she did, she created a mess in God's plan. So much of a mess that these people are still fighting one another to today. Still anger. Still anger. She created a mess that lasts for a long time. And that's why sometimes you see mess that is created where the stepkids are still fighting each other after the parents die. They can't figure out who owns the house and who believes this is my house and what am I going to get from my daddy? He was still my daddy too. And at the funeral, you just got a war on your hands. People are sitting there going, just waiting for the funeral to be over so they go fight. Because it's still a fight. The kids and cousins don't even talk to one another. They open this side because we never sit back and solve the number one issue. I have a burning. What do I do with this burning? How do I make this burning work? And how do I wait on God's timing when I'm burning? It's an overwhelming situation. How do I deal with this? He says it's a burning. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Now concerning the things which you have wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. 
But because of immoralities, because people are going to come up with all kind of sex stuff, each man is to have his own. Notice he said immoralities, because some people are going girl, girl, boy, boy. Each man is to have his own wife, and each woman is to have her own husband. What he's saying is, when you come to an age where you're responsible and functional based on your level of maturity, he says, go look for somebody because the burning is telling you you don't have the gift of celibacy, so you need a husband and a wife. He's not, he never told a woman you can't go looking. Where? You can't find that in the Bible. People keep saying, well, God said, let, if a man seeks a wife, he seeks a good thing. But it doesn't, the verse don't say, if a man seeks a wife, he seeks a good thing so the woman shouldn't look. It doesn't say that. Why he's talking to young men. He's sitting before young men, teaching them as Solomon. So when is he going to bring up the woman? There's no woman there. So that's why he says, seek. If a man seeks a wife, he seeks a good thing. Watch this carefully. If a man seeks a wife, watch that carefully in the Bible. A person is a male. Then he got to become a man before he could become a husband. Right there in Genesis. Y'all go find males. You don't find man. If you find a man, he wouldn't leave you with a baby. But if you find a male, kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I love kibbles and bits. Male is attached to his sexuality. So the minute you just do male, that's all he wants. I don't know why you're going, oh, he's not here. I don't believe he's not here. You married, you went with a male. Abraham was fighting for his son because he's a man. He wasn't about to release his son. It's his wife's pressure on him. I'm going to pray to God that God led him to say, yes, let the boy go. God had to say it. Abraham wasn't about to do it. The Bible says Abraham loved his son. Abraham circumcised his son along with him. They went out to the yard to play together because that's his son. He never took away from his son because he's a man. That's why you didn't see him disappear. But when you go and date a male, kibbles and bits all the way, there's not going to be a man there. When he took the man and put the man in the garden, why? To cultivate it, to work it. So the man is a worker. The man is responsible to get a job done. A man is a person who listens to God. And whatever God is telling him to do, he goes into the garden and does it. He doesn't need to be pushed, whipped, shoved down the road. He's going to get it done because he's a man. Abraham would not let his son go until he was told by God. And I'll show you how distressful that was. In the Bible, it never says a woman can't go get a man. I will not teach you that. The clear example is Ruth. Ruth was told by Naomi to go to Boaz, take a blanket and put it over his feet and lay in the fields with him. What do you think that means? When a woman come lay at your feet and put a blanket on his feet and your feet, read what that means in their culture. You're mine. Boaz was already hooked up in his head doing all kind of stuff for Ruth. Naomi saw that, and Naomi told Ruth to go after the man. So there's nothing in the Bible that says you got to sit back and wait for the Lord to send me a man. You're going to be waiting Forever. You're going to be waiting, waiting, waiting. Then the feelings get so high, you compromise, and boom, there come the baby. And you ended up with a male, so he took off. 
because you, you, you sat around waiting. So the first thing about relationships is, and before we jump back into this message, I just want to teach you this. First thing about relationship is, once you get a feeling of a desire for somebody, what you need to do with that is to start, the Bible says to start pointing it towards something that is healthy. And the person you pointed to, if you're a woman, is a man. The person you pointed to, if you're a man, is a wife. A person has a nature of a wife. If a man seeks a wife, not a woman. So what you have here is a man, Abraham, in a mess. Look at Abraham. Come with me. Back to Genesis. Well, that sounds good. Back to Genesis. In Genesis, he says, verse 10, he says, Therefore said Abraham, drive out his maid. Get her out of here. And her son. For the son and his maid shall not be an heir with my Isaac. They ain't going to be together with me. It's not happening. She ain't in this house no more. She got to get out of here. And that happened. How, how many stories like that? Blended families. How many stories like that? How many stories of people in here who are damaged and hurt because you were the child that was thrown out? And your view of your father and mother is messed up because your mother hates your father. She's trained you to hate him. You are the stepchild that was kicked out. How do you feel today? You see, that's why he says here, and the matter distressed Abraham. Abraham was distressed. The Bible literally says he was in torment because his wife was not just saying, get rid of the child. In the, in the Hebrew text, it's literally saying she's saying it over and over and over and over and over, and over again. It's like she's not going to stop until he does something. You know when a woman nags you, what the Bible says, better to go on a rooftop? Okay? Abraham is just distressed because Sarah is on him all the time. You got to do this. Get him out. I don't want him here. Get him out. I don't want him here. Get him out. She's fussing at him, commanding him, usurping her authority over her husband to do something that violates the law, that violates God. And this is what Abraham does. Abraham is distressed because he loves his son. You could start just go Ishmael and track Ishmael. He sincerely loves his son. He says right here, he says, and, and the matter distressed Abraham because of his son. You don't want to put a husband in this. You don't want to put your, 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 your baby daddy who may now be married and the child is now with him. You don't want to put them in there. If a man really wants to love on his child, let him love his child. I thank God that I go to my wife when my kids were 12 and I said, baby, I want to follow the Jewish structure. Where the man at the age of 12 would take the kids and start working on them. And, and the wife would just come behind him and trust the process. Oh, you, this is your chill, children, baby. I, this is your chilling. I ain't going to ever shut, say you can't talk. I mean, this is, this is your kids. And without you, I'm not complete. You're my helper. But I want to lead this process at 12. She said, go with it. Never got in my way. No, son, you can't. No. Dad, I want to, okay, let's sit down and talk. I mean, we took over. You don't want to get in that process. You destroy boys' lives. And some women so want their son that they will crowd that son to them and take their son away from a man, and that son needs a man. A boy can't grow up really healthy without a man. And some women make these men kind of, okay, messed up because some women have their son laying in the bed with them when they're 12, messing the kid up intimately. 
Those things mess up the child. Abraham knows that, and Abraham is saying to the son, let me get him. No, get rid of him. So God has to be Ishmael's dad. God has to be. That's why God designed the church, and he put male leadership in it. Not because men are better, because he has to have a, a place where he could be a father to these sons that have been neglected by dads. Why? Look at Malachi chapter 4. Why? Why? You think we have all this mess on this earth for no reason at all? Look at Malachi chapter 4 verse 6. Follow me there. Y'all all squeeze it up in here. Y'all press buttons. For those who are still trying to figure out from the Bible what to do, go to Matthew and back up. Go to Matthew and back up. That's the best way to find Malachi. He says in verse, six, in verse 6 of Malachi chapter 4, he says, He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. You think our earth is cursed because of all kinds of stuff? No, it's because we, we take our sons away from their fathers. And we take them away and tell these fathers to back up. And then their fathers who were males, they were not men. And when these boys come up, they don't get into the process of raising them. Abraham was ready for the process. So things, because circumstances control them, went from bad to worse. When circumstances control us, things get from bad to worse. Watch how it went that way. Go back to Genesis. Look at chapter 21. Don't, don't, don't tell, I say this with all my heart. Do not take a boy away from his father when his father really wants him. Don't do that. Don't spite the father so much that he lets you get pregnant. Go marry somebody else. Try to develop this wonderful family. And then your son got to go to their house and listen to this baby, this, this woman talk to him. And I'm the mama. All these things. No, is she a good woman? Or do I have a good man that wants to raise his boy? That's the issue. Because you're not letting the circumstance control how you operate. You, the story doesn't end with a circumstance. It ends with God. Look at verse 12. But God said to Abraham, do not be distressed because the lad and your maid, whatever Sarah says, listen to her. For through Isaac, your descendants will be named. I will not change my word for none of you. That's what he's saying. We want relationships. So we go to the relationship person and we want to close the Bible and go to Dr. Seuss and Dr. whatever, Oprah, and all these people. Look at stories of Bachelor. That is, okay, let me watch my words in the name of Jesus. People want to look at Bachelor so we can learn how relationships work. They don't. Most Bachelor couples divorce. Check out the statistics. But we're going there to learn about relationships when God is saying, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have been together forever and they've never broken up but once on the cross. He's the teacher of relationships. Nobody can teach you about a relationship. You go to Hollywood and they've been divorced and remarried. Sometimes I want to know, do they ever keep up? How often have you seen Joe D or whatever her name is, with, with, with somebody else, uh, not a guy, they were together, not together. They moved to this person, that person, that person. Oh, my goodness. Like, do y'all even do right or not? Whatever her name is. 
Y'all know the stories. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I may speak in tongues, but you could interpret. I mean, do they keep up? You know? And y'all are staring at them watching the movie. Oh, that's so nice. By the way, we dudes like that because y'all get all cuddly. Y'all just go, oh, that's so nice, and you cuddle up. That's the only reason why I look at them crazy movies. My wife, look at those movies. She's going, oh, that, that is so mean. I just say, yeah, it's mean. That's real mean. <laughs> like, it's like mean, mean. Don't, they're not doing anything. The person that's up relationships is here. And he never lets the circumstances determine how he operates. He can make his way through anything because his word never fails. And that's why he's saying to Abraham, listen to my words. But it's crazy, God. It's crazy. What you tell, tell me, let go of my son? To what? Abraham knows she can't go back to Egypt. Abraham knows she has no place to go. He knows she has no place to go. Nothing. There's no, she can't go to Egypt. Where's she going to go? It's not like she could just go from here to Austin. There's not cities everywhere. You can just walk to another city. She's out in the wilderness wandering. She, Abraham's saying, Abraham is not just trying to ditch the woman. He, he understands what happened. He understands how he failed God. Especially now that Isaac is right there and God's promise is in his face. He knows he messed up. But I'm not going to just dump the woman. He's fighting for the right thing. But God is saying, I got this. You always don't have a man when a man is fighting for what's right. You don't fight a man when he's fighting for right. Some of you women have a way of tearing a man down while he's fighting for right. When he's fighting for right, back it up. No, she doesn't. God has to intervene. God has to intervene. When you have a good man, prop him up. Don't tear him down. You're hurting yourself. You're not hurting him. You're hurting yourself. Because when you got a man that want, man, listen, for peace in this house, I'm going to sit on the couch. You just, took, you just took the person who God is looking at as the covering in the house and put him on the, on the couch. God is saying, I ain't covering that. I'm not going to, 1 Corinthians 7 is right there. You go ahead and do what you want to do. I'm not sanctifying your house. So you just blew it up. Just blew it up. Then you want to know why the relationship ain't good? Because you don't respect. The fundamental thing that keeps a man standing is respect. The minute you take that from a man, he can't do it. He's not even that good in the bedroom anymore. Because you took away a fundamental thing from a man, Respect. Do you know why guys will fight on a football field? Because, man, you just hit me, man. You disrespected me. And they fight. That's a fundamental thing for a man. That's why the Bible says if a man, if a woman is even, have 1 Corinthians, 1 Peter 3, if you got a man that is acting crazy, find the strength in God to respect him because that is a fundamental thing for a man. She took that away. And she made it worse. When a man is fighting for his baby, Stop throwing in. <sighs> My kid going to be over there with that woman. In other words, I was supposed to be her. You left me, went to her, then marry her, then ask for the baby? Bump that. You just damaged the child fighting for yourself. Look at what he says. He says right here. 
Verse 13. And the son of the maid, I will make a nation also because he is your descendant. That's a, that's a deep verse. It goes from bad to worse, but God. But God. God could take the worst messed up situation you could ever find and make it great. God know they messed it up. You would think God would go, y'all messed it up. Y'all got that. Not God. God says, y'all messed it up, but God. I'm not giving up my plan. I'm not giving up my word. I'm not giving up my promises. I promise you, I gave you my word. I don't violate my promises. I don't violate my word. So I'm all in no matter how messed up you made this. My word is still my word. My promises are still my promises. I will never walk away. I never change my mind. I'll always be there. No matter how messed up you've made the situation, I'm here. I love that about God. I always know that I can confess my sins. He's faithful and just to forgive me. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Even the things I don't think to confess, he's still cleansed. He wants the relationship with us so bad. I want it more than we could ever want it. Watch God here. Watch God here. You have to understand this. In chapter 16 is the backdrop to that verse. What I mean by that is, in chapter 16... What took place in chapter 16 is that Hagar was sick of Sarah. She said, I'm out of here. She left. God meet her by a water brook and said, go back to Sarah. She is harsh to you. She's mean to you. But go back anyway and be with Sarah. So for 14 years, this woman has been hearing these abusive words from Sarah. She's been hearing it for 14 years. And then she gets kicked out. Kicked out. The Bible says Hagar was a woman who listened to God. Here's the, here's the baby mama listening to God and the wife want a baby so bad she don't care what's going on. You, you got to see this difference. You see, you could be the baby mama out here, but the child will be blessed. I have time to go to 1 Corinthians 7. The Bible says he will sanctify the entire house. On just one person deciding that they're going to do what God says, I will sanctify the whole house. I'll make the whole house blessed. I will bless the house. I'll take care of the house. Because one person says, I'm going to be a woman of God. I'm going to listen to what God got to say. If he sends me back to a horrible situation, I'm going back because he said so. I don't care if this hair is all that telling me crap because of all these different things. I don't care. I'm going to walk back into that situation and do what God tell me to do because God told me to do it. Who's listening more than anybody else? The baby mama. The baby mama. And that's why the Bible says, I got this, Abraham. You don't have to worry. I got this. And I'm going to tell you why I got this, Abraham. Because I could talk to Hagar faster I could talk to Sarah. Watch this, folks. See, I know y'all may be tired of me and my Bible. I've heard it. Pastor Ken is in that Bible. I've heard it. All he's going to do is that Bible. What's the point going to Pastor Ken? He's just going to tell you about the Bible. But then read it. Don't come to me. Less meetings for me. 
already working 90 hours a week. My wife wouldn't mind if I cut it back. Read the Bible. Save us all trouble. He in that Bible. Y'all don't say that to your doctor. He in that medicine. All I go to him, he talking about is medical stuff. You don't do that. You don't, go, you don't go to a judge and go, all he can do is bring up the law. Oh, the law, the law, the law. But you sure come to a preacher and go, the Bible, the Bible. Hey, go with that Bible. Why y'all do preachers like that? You don't do nobody else. You don't get shocked when a police officer stop you and go, well, here's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I know I was speeding. When a preacher talk to you, here he go. Not Hagar. Not Hagar. I really want to do a series on Hagar. All the women in the Bible that you wouldn't think were worth anything are the women that God used. Great. Bathsheba. Did a series on Bathsheba. Bathsheba ended up because she did like Hagar, sitting next to her son on a throne ruling a nation. She was in worse than Hagar, but she stayed the course. She didn't back away from God. And her husband looked at her and wrote a book about her, Proverbs. He says this, circumstance does not make you. Let the circumstance guide you to God so he makes you be the story. Let him make you the story, not the circumstance. Why let circumstances make them bitter or angry or oh, I ain't dating nobody for a long time. You know you're lying. I'm done. I'm, ain't nobody doing this to me no more. No, you did it to yourself. You chose this person. You didn't ask for godly advice. You did it to yourself. Look at verse 14. That's the daddy in me now taking over. So let me get back to preaching. In verse 14, he says, so Abraham rose early in the morning. He didn't wait to obey God. He had to be pushed. He says, come to church. He was there. He's done. He took the bread. You know what Abraham is doing with this? When you take bread and stick it on a woman's shoulder, guess what you're saying? You are now responsible for this child. I can't help you from this point forward. You're done. It took a long time to do that. Watch, watch Hagar. Hagar, remember what Genesis 16 said. And Hagar took the bread. Most likely gave her bread and water for one day. One day. That's the alimony check he gave her. Here's your bread. Here's your water. Like she going to jail or something. She took that bag, put it over his shoulder. Most likely gave her a donkey or something. And she walks away. She has no idea where she's going. Watch this. She has no idea where she's going. He says, gave her water, putting them into her shoulder. Gave her the boy. But watch this carefully. He was my son. I took care of him. I got him. He's now your boy. Watch this carefully. This is a single woman. And the children belong to her. And she got to handle it. And she got no place to go. No place. And she came back to Hagar, to Sarah, when God told her to. Fourteen years she stayed there. And she was ready to leave. Long time ago. 
Watch this carefully. He says, and he sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the middle of the box that shied her. But God, I like this. God didn't need no telescope, no social media record, no nothing. When she had nothing left, she sat back. And God says, let me tell you what I'm going to do. Watch this carefully. Because she had a heart to listen to God, when God showed up, there's no argument, and Hagar is gone. Willing to do whatever God says, whatever God says it, and she built a nation, and it's the Ishmaelites that got Joseph out of the well. The same child had to rescue the promised child and take him to Egypt. Because this woman, no matter how bad the situation was, she made the story. Look at this carefully. Watch this. Let's, let's speed up here. Verse 17 says, And God heard the child crying, and the angel of the Lord said, And the angel of the Lord said to her, What is the matter? What is the matter with you, Hagar? Do not fear, for God has heard the voice of the lad. Watch this carefully. Where he is, God is speaking. And he, Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in your hand. He's weak. The bread has run out. The water's run out. They're broke. The apartment ain't got nothing but roaches. I have to put that in there. The roaches got more food than you. The broke broke. For I will make you a great nation. Again, the circumstance does not determine the story. Watch it again. She's here. Got no place to go. Don't know how she's going to make it. The boy is so weak, she got to lift him up. She is out of bread. She's out of food. They're just wandering everywhere. God spoke. She listened. Because she's not giving up on God. She's not letting the circumstance determine her future. Standard statement I always make. The past should not control your present. Because if it does, it will determine your future. But it's what he says. Watch this carefully. Then God opened her eyes. Okay, angel of the Lord is speaking, but God opened her eyes. Oh, you got to hear this. I got to hear this. You see, she had water. She had food. She just couldn't see it until God opened it. See, God has your answer right there. God has your answer available to you. But he got to get your heart first so you could see it. Look, look at this, look at this. He says, then God opened her eyes and she saw the well of the water. She went and she filled the skin with water and gave the lad to drink. He was so weak, he was so thirsty. And God was with the lad and he grew. Who was with the lad? Can't hear you. Yes, because she listened. He lived in the wilderness and became an arch and he lived in the wilderness of Paran and his mother took a wife to him from the land of his. She went back home and says, now we're going to get our son somebody from Egypt, not somebody from Israel. You see, a bad situation became great because somebody, when things went from bad to worse and circumstances was difficult, she did not let the story determine who she is. She determined the story because she depended on the person named God to make it work. Jesus Christ was on the cross. Story seems to be over. But on the third day, Jesus created his own story. <laughs> David stood before Goliath 
It looks like the story has been told. But David believed in God. And at 16, determined the story that made him a king. Joseph could determine, let the story determine him. He's in a jail for 12 years, but doesn't let the story determine him. He kept listening to God, and he became a prince. You see, today, you can look at your life and the issues you're facing and all the difficulties you've been through, all the baby mama dramas you've had. You can let that determine the bitterness, the anger, the frustration, the loneliness of your life. You could say, no, the story doesn't end there because my Lord is able to do exceedingly abundantly all I could ever ask for. You could make the story that God has for you. and That to me is what God is about. Take in a cussing sailor and preach at Pentecost. God is not looking for the best people. He's looking for those who are sick to make righteous. God is not looking for the people who are great. He's looking for the people who he could make great. God is not looking for the perfect situation where it's a marriage and the picket fence and the wife and the husband driving in the Lexus. God is looking for anybody who would say, yes, Lord. And I could take your kids and make them great. I could take the brokenness of your family and I could heal it. I could take home what got messed up and make it great. All I need is your heart, your willingness to listen to me, willingness to trust me even when everything is gone. You'll still trust me, believe in me, walk with me. And I could make the worst situation of your life the best experience you've ever had. Let us stand.